Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, man, it's been a minute uh, since I've recorded a, a legit episode with a guest, and the nice thing about waiting so long in between recording episodes is, you know, I can just bring back the same guys I've had and it doesn't, uh, register as, you know, it's been so long that it's like a new guest all over again. Isn't it, Travis? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm well, I'm happy to be here, man. It's always good to talk mule deer and yeah, it's fun. I enjoy your podcast too. So it's good. <laughs> uh, guys like you and me, man, we get I mean, I don't know how you are. Well, I do. You, we could talk it every day, all day. Oh, yeah. Everybody that we talk, you know, we're like those memes where you're like showing people pictures of stuff on your phone, you know, at a party. Like, yep. oh, and so there I was, <laughs> you know, chasing this stupid meal there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's good. Yeah, what do you, uh, what have you been up to this fall? How's your fall been going? So, man, it's, uh, it's been kind of crazy. It's been... Well, to be honest, uh, maybe we can call this the podcast of what not to do because yeah. I think I <laughs> could probably go through plenty of examples of what not to do and how to screw things up. Uh, all I, I was thinking about it. I think if I did the math, I could probably be the worst mule deer hunter in the freaking whole United States as many days as I've spent. <laughs> Oh, dude, I, I was actually looking it up. I got 53 days of scouting, 34 days of hunting so far, really? and I haven't killed a freaking deer. So it's been a rough one, man, but it's been good. Um, we've had, dude, it's been fun, man. And I got, I just, it's funny. I think between my wife and I, we got, let's see, 12 mule deer tags. And I turned some down. So it's just been, oh, man, it's crazy. And we're like, I don't know about half i would say this is the halfway point so i've still got some great stuff coming out but it's just been it's been rough man i, I could go into some few details on some stuff but do you have uh do you have kids remind me no man thank goodness Ooh. no because uh, i think i'd be like oh i can tell you is, hey i can tell you what you'd be you wouldn't be scouting 50 something days of the year and you wouldn't be <laughs> yeah you wouldn't be hunting whatever he said 30 <laughs> yeah no it's been the dude and the thing is, is like i i'm really lucky the awesome thing is my wife like it's really cool because and when i say 53 days of scout like that's like counting like me writing down a day and like yeah even traveling. If I was out for three hours for yeah traveling whatever but it's uh it's funny because me and my wife like that's just kind of how we recreate too and like i would tell guys if anybody like when everybody people ask me like i don't know what like what i i put so much into scouting and i think it's so important but a lot of things that i would like give i don't know or make a suggestion to like young guys is like think about like find even if your wife's not super into hunting but like just somebody that could go out and enjoy it with you and like i don't know man we make it kind of fun and it's like how we hang out I don't know. It's just that it, it works out well for us. And that's just like, really, that's how we recreate. So it's kind of fun. And I mean, we'll go trips, you know, all over the West and it's, it's just fun, you know, throughout the summer and make a, I don't know, like we'll stop. I mean, say we're in Colorado, um, like this year, you know, we hit up a Rockies game or, you know what I mean? You can mix some stuff in and, but I mean, still have time to scout in the morning, that kind of thing. It's just good stuff. So yeah. it's, it's important. So, so you clearly, you hunt, uh, Colorado right outside of Denver somewhere then. <laughs> exactly, man. That's the thing is, yeah, exactly. And dude, I was, I've, I've kind of, I've turned over a new leaf. I, I was talking with, uh, oh man, I could go into some details this season, but I swear I, I told myself I'm not going to be state specific anymore. I, uh, I gotta be careful for a few reasons. Uh, 
I've made I've made some posts and said things in the past that I didn't even think about. And like to me, I don't know, it's so easy that I was there's like stuff that I would never even think about that like, oh, somebody's going to take a little bit of information or share a picture that to me doesn't seem like a big deal in Mexico, you know, like I got guys, you know, just trying to find out him for man guys got to be careful like yeah. there are people out there that are literally trying to poach anything they any information they can get out of you so guys got to be careful so <laughs> it's yeah. crazy man i mean yeah you know and some guys they just they spend more time you know well they definitely spend more time trying to find someone else's unit than than physically out there hunting it or finding for it themselves sure. But even just their own digital scouting or, you know, whatever. And I don't know if it's a, I don't know, man. You know, I just think information's so easy to get now. And like, I see him, like, I would post pictures or talk about states and units. And like, I don't even think about it because, like, when I read somebody else's stuff or like I see a post, like, let's, you know, I don't even, I'm the last thing on my mind is like, where is that? But there are guys like, and I, I've just, I don't know, I've learned the hard way over the past few years and even read more recently than that. Like there are guys that like, that's not the way they look at it. Like they're looking at everything you do, trying to get any information they can and, and they'll exploit it too, you know, and a lot of guys, it's just the easy way. And I don't know, it's funny. I, and it doesn't make, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense logically because, okay. So I find out that you know, not only are you hunting Colorado, but you're hunting this basin or this whatever, you know, in this unit. Like, what are you going to do? Show up there? You know, like yep. where someone, yep. where you know someone hunts? Like, we purposely, uh, a good hunter is trying to track down areas where there aren't any people. For sure. You know, I mean, we, we, we kind of found out like through a buddy, you know, uh, where a guy hunted. Um, and he was being, he was being very successful. Well, the irony was we had already been on to that unit. You know, it was like one of those, like, oh, like, okay, we, yeah, like we already knew about that, you know, or, you know, and about that area kind of thing. And, and so then it became almost a hindrance because we were going to purposely stay out of there. Right. Because of like, well, wait a minute, like crap, you know, uh, didn't want to, you know, the less you know, the better, in my opinion. For sure. Because then For you can sure. just go about your business if if you're actually taking care of your business, you know. But like you said, it's the, you know, it's the guy, whatever, that's not putting in the work, I guess. Um, yeah, no, and I think some people, man, it's funny. I think they work harder at trying to yeah. figure that stuff out. Like, you know, like they're if they would just put that energy into like legitimately out there scouting or looking around and you know, and it sucks because I don't even think about some of this stuff, but like, man, and I don't even want to bring up the state, but I had a guy hit me up on social media, dude. He knew right where I was. And I'm like, man, I don't post (laughs) anything like to give that spot away or anything, but dude, he knew right where I was. And I'm like, wow. You know, and it's just, you don't think about it, but like, and I think the the thing I really worry about is like, I go to somebody else's like, or I find some spot that, you know, is good. And I worry, like I'm going to ruin it for, you know, some locals there or what, you know, whatever. And it's just always makes me, I'm just like, man, I got to quit talking about state specific and like what even, and I used to think, man, if I only refer to the state, like they're big states, like how much information can you get? And then, you know, you start crossing your eyes, dotting your T's, guys are digging in. And then next thing you know, they know more. It's just crazy. But, yeah. and it's funny. I, uh, <laughs> like, I'll give you a couple examples. Like I sold a vehicle to my buddy and he's a big buck hunter. Like, I mean, he's a good buck hunter and it was one of my hunting vehicles. And like, I, I run into this guy and he's questioning me about what I've seen, like referring to this spot in this drainage. He's like, what have you been seeing in there this year? I'm like, dude, I haven't been in there. And he's like, yeah, right. Calling yeah. me a liar. He's like, dude, I saw your freaking truck in there. I know you're in there. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, no, I haven't been in there this year. Like I haven't. And I got doing the math. 
dude he was talking about my other buddy that was in there because he had been hunting in there a bunch and like he had told me this and i'm like oh my gosh well, that's so it's so weird that they would demand like it again yeah it, it, it would be like it, you know that's the equivalent if you're that guy if you find something out that some other hunter's doing behind your back and you demand to know what's in there, <laughs> yeah, that's dude. the equivalent of uh, the guys in high school who thought that, like, the popular girl loved, liked them. And then they were like, <laughs> find out that, you know, of course she's, you know, hanging out with the star of the football team behind your back at the party. And then you confront her like, you know, do you really like him? Like, what, what were you guys doing? <laughs> you know, it's like the same yeah. dude. Like like crazy what who are you <laughs> yeah oh, no and it, like and then i was like at this other spot like so i have this like a few of these spots and like i always am I'm hitting them up i'm hitting them up and anyways there's this one spot and it's kind of this out of the way spot and anyways i ended up running into a guy on my way out of there like we met eye to eye i know he saw me like we're good i'm in my truck and i'm going out well like I go back in there oh, and I've never seen this guy to this point, never seen this guy in there. And I'm like, all right, well, dude, for the rest of the year, every time I went back in there, like multiple weekends, I'm seeing the same guy's truck parked down there. Like I know he's in there. And then it turns out like a mutual friend tells me, he's like, dude, he's convinced you're on a big buck in there. So I ruined a spot and I didn't even see anything in there. It was just a happen stance that I was in there scouting around and this guy, he is convinced I got like this giant buck in there. And it's so funny, man, because every time I go back or I'm even around there, there's this truck, his trailer side by side. He's looking around in there and it's just, I, dude, it just kills me. I just, I laugh. It's, I don't know, but I got to be more careful. So, well, yeah. <laughs> and here's, here's, and this is, this will tie into how I even decided, you know, what, what prompted us. We were chatting today on whatever social media or whatever. And about uh, just a stupid post that I had made in my stories, um, you know the guy the that the, was the guy holding the <laughs> the guy holding the cardboard meme that you can put whatever you want in there, and um, everybody's yeah. walking by him and not paying attention, right? And I I just put you know, and, and it stemmed from something else that had happened with my brother. But um, if you have to use a wide angle lens. Listen, I'm going to preface this by saying this was my MO. Like, this was our MO as we, you know, started hunting. It was like, but if you have to use a wide angle lens to make your buck look bigger, you shouldn't have shot him. Right. And, Dude, um, it's so funny. Yeah. And, you, you know, you kind of like, aha, you know, like we just kind of had a <laughs> laugh about it. Well, here's the thing it's like, I think it all stems, a lot of this stems from that. And we probably talked about this last time we chatted or whatever, but. You know, you just can't help but think that, and again, I've said this before too, I am not, I don't believe that social media has changed anything about hunters, okay, or people in general. I just think that it's, it magnified it or exposed it or put it through gasoline on the fire that was already there, right? It's just yep. that 30 years ago when we were growing up, <clears throat> it was, the equivalent was, you know, you put your polaroid up at the sporting yep, goods store sure. and then you bragged you know and you you held your head high and you bragged to all your buddies because you had the biggest buck or whatever yep. um now it's all over social media and it's just again it's accelerated you know at an incredible exponentially and you know the amount of people that see it and and how big of a hype it becomes and you know you just can't help but think man like wh why else right who yeah like it, it's not it's not your three loser friends that you that can't kill anything either. It's all of social media that you're trying to impress. And there's, and, and people are so desperate, um, that, you know, they're, they're confronting people about their places. Right. And it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, or yeah. I don't know. Well, and it's so easy to like, you know, back in the day, the funny thing was is like, dude, like I think back, like my grandpa, he would whoop me if I ever said something like, you know, like, I, this is my favorite fishnel. Like that was the first thing. Like you never tell somebody where, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's funny. Yeah. But back then, if you just happened to mention it and, you know, let's just say in passing, you know, you mentioned, let's just like use a fishing hole, for instance, like, Oh, I went down here and I caught all these fish. Well, 
that guy still had to go down there and like learn all this and go through it. But now like it's simple, like a picture's a thousand words, you know what they say. And so you throw a little movie clip or a picture and maybe mention, you know, a couple things and man, like I've seen guys post pictures and I like immediately knew right where it was. And not that I really thought much of it, but like there are guys that, I mean, dude, it's all they got. Like it's what they want to do. It's, they're so convinced they know like right where you were. Like for instance, the other day, I don't know if you saw like on my stories, I posted some stuff. Me and Robbie were up hunting and I post some stuff. Dude, I have guys telling me, asking me what I'm seeing up there. And I'm like, dude, I am 200 miles from where you think I am. And it's just (laughs) so funny, man. Like, Hey, all, all I said for the record, I messaged you on that clip, I think. And I just said, are you guys packing in or packing out? And right. And, and it, Oh yeah. It, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah because yeah. it was in the middle of a snowstorm and that, you know, that's, yep. that's as broad and generic as information, yep. oh, yeah, you know, and no, you're, you're no. like, Oh, we're, yeah. we're moving and hunting as we go is all you said. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to learn where I'm trying to learn how guys like oh, you yeah, and yeah. Robbie hunt, you know, and it's always yeah. interests me how you react to, to snowstorms and stuff. But yeah, no, you're good. It's just funny though. Like you just gotta, and like, and I, I, dude, let me give, I'm going to give like the biggest piece of advice. Like I keep seeing people do never, ever, ever post a live deer picture that's still alive or describe them on social media. Don't do it. Like if you're after that deer and it's big, don't post anything. Don't even, cause dude, the thing is, is you might be putting a piece of the puzzle for somebody else that's hunting that deer. And chances are somebody else is hunting that deer knows about that deer. Don't give anybody another puzzle piece. Like yeah. I've seen some things I've done some things like, and I hear about them years later that like how it worked out for people. And it like, could have been me. Like I could have posted something like, Oh, maybe they thought it was dead. And they're like, he's got that buck alive this time of year. Like, just be careful about doing that. Like, I don't know. That's my thing of advice for today. It's woo. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's on to deer, man. On to deer, man. (laughs) So speaking of storms, I mean, I think there's a storm, light storm supposed to be blowing in tonight or tomorrow, at least over here in Wyoming, but yeah, we're getting it now. So it's, it's here now. So I'm pretty excited. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't even know where you're at. Honestly, are you in Idaho? Yep, I am. Okay. Yep. Yep, southeast. Okay. Yep. You had a Utah number, but Idaho. Uh... Yep. Yeah, yep, Utah number, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so how do you approach you know, what what are some key things that you're looking for when a storm blows in or how 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 should I put that? How do you react when so a storm blows me... in, particularly in October, let's call it. Yeah. So and I think we mentioned this or I, I I'm sure I've mentioned this. I don't, I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but like, I really believe like we are like right now for the next, I would say two weeks. Um, this is the hardest time there is in my opinion to kill a mule deer. Like it's dude, October is just hard. Like it's super hard. The deer, in my opinion, they're just in the cover. Um, they've probably moved, you know, they aren't out sunning themselves. They don't got velvet on. Like they're just, it's just tough and it's pre rut. So, I mean, we're not really, well, we'll talk about that, but like generally this time of year, you don't see rut. So like one thing that storms bring, there's two things. Number one, I think if you can get snow on the ground and you flock everything white, man, the way you can use optics and how much faster I can go. So let's say we're up hunting like a Canyon and let's say typically like, you know, a lot of it. So let's say we're going to hunt a Ridge up through a Canyon. Not only can I look down and see tracks and like decipher, okay, do I got bucks here? You know, is there a good buck crossing in front of me? But I mean, I can look for miles and just go super fast. Cause like when everything's flogged in snow, not that they, I mean, they can still get in the cover, but it just exposes them so much more. And the other thing is that I think a lot of people don't think about for them to eat. Like, so if everything's got eight inches of snow on it, they have to work that much harder for feed. So they're out that much longer. It's just, it's just a combination of factors that like a good snowstorm in October, it it really can put the odds in your favor. It's really the only thing in October 
you know, that re- really gets them out and about, you know, yes. in the, in yep. the early summer, their, their velvet keeps them out, you know, in the, in the yep. relatively wide open, they can't really bury themselves in the trees. Um, plus that, you know, the, just the security of, you know, kind of not hunting season early, you can find them and they're out. Uh, and then you get into November and then obviously the girls keep them out, you know, and then yep. they're a lot more vulnerable, but man, like it's really the only thing in October, right. That like really pushes them out and about and moving, you know, more than anything else. I think so, man. And I honestly think snow has killed more big bucks. Like made a lot of big bucks have died. Um, honestly, that probably wouldn't have died. It's just because I think the odds are so much more in the hunter's favor. Like in a lot of the Intermountain West tracking, like if you're in the mountains, tracking is a virtually like, unless there was a big rainstorm or something like that, the only time you can really, in my opinion, effectively track now, and I'm not talking about like down in the desert. I've been in some pinion stuff that I know you guys can do it, but like up in the mountains, like when you're in the rock and the, you know, it's Grass. just. Dude, yeah, yeah, it, go, it goes from rock hard, to man. rock to I, grass to shale scree, yeah. scree, and yeah, you can't, you don't track a bucket, you know, eight nine thousand feet in this type of country typically. Yep. But like, I mean, you get a bunch of snow on the ground, man. You come across a big track. It's so effective, man. I've done it. Like, I, I mean, I, it's, it's killed me deer for sure in the past. And I just, it just, there's so many little things that just put the odds in your favor, and you know that distance like that long distance glassing, that's probably one of my favorite tactics, like with snow is, I mean, you can really back up even with simple as a pair of tens, like you can be so effective for miles, you know, if everything's flocked in snow. And I mean, even if all the guy had was a pair of tens, I mean, you can really tell like a big buck from, I mean, just so far away, just, I don't know, man, it makes such a difference. The deer just pop out. It's just, it really helps out. Um, and I think it does. I think, like, I think I mentioned it, it kills a lot of deer that probably wouldn't get killed. I, I really think if there's one thing that puts the odds in a hunter's favor, it's snow in October, like in October, it's snow, like you mentioned, it's a big deal. So yeah, I'm all about it. I get super excited. So I noticed again that you and Robbie were moving during a snowstorm. You were, you were at least on the mountain and that in and of itself is, is rare. Right. And I'm, I, I catch myself being the same way. Um, sometimes, you know, especially if I'm whatever, yeah, cool, r- relatively close to home. Right. And it's like, yeah. you know, like, I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to wait, you know, storms coming in on Tuesday. I'll wait till it breaks and, you know, bluebird skies on Wednesday. How do you like to approach a storm relative to when you head up on the mountain? So man, I've been burned, like sitting back, I've tried to wait them out and then, you know, maybe the storm doesn't come in and, uh, you probably could have been up there hunting. So like for me, if the storm's in, like I'm in, like, I think when we started riding, we rode for mm, five hours in the rain and it transitioned to snow about when we got to, uh, I can't remember. And basically we were in weather every single day. Um, I had to come out early. Um, he's actually, as we speak, he's still in there. So Mm. he's been in there. Let's see, is this his day? Let me think about this. He would be over like nine. I think, is he on day nine? I I think that is. Yeah. I think he's been in there a long time, but anyways, when we're in there, I mean, you just got to make the most of it. So when you pack in that far, you get up there and you're like, Hey, are we going to be in the fog? We were, I mean, there was times um like in my video you literally there's no way you could glass i mean it was straight fogged in just white out but man all it takes is that weather to break for say that there's a break in the weather for 30 minutes that can be the most magical 30 minutes that you're ever going to experience in your life like i've seen it happen so many times where a storm breaks and let's say you're sitting down at camp or maybe you're down in the valley or whatever and man, that 30 minutes that you get to see everything flogged and snow and the say the sun just breaks through, dude, them deer and they're just out. They're always out in it. And so for me, I want to be in it. Like I want to be out there and being 
that miserable, the wind and all that stuff, it, it does, it sucks and it takes it right out of you, but you just got to be prepared for it. And now days with like the gear that's available, I just think it makes, I mean, if a guy utilizes it correctly and I don't know, I mean, it's, it's miserable, but I think just fight through it, the things you can see when them storms break. So that buck, um, I mean, I think, did you see that buck that anyways, I posted on my story. Mm-mm. So, Oh no, I did. I did. Yeah. I so remember. big from behind, right. Big non-typical. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, probably like a buck in the, I don't know, one nineties dude saw him. I mean, storm broke freaking see him. And like, it was, well, I'll just go into it, but I, I ended up screwing up, man. I missed him. I ended up missing that deer. Like it's going to eat me for a long time. But what happened was it was just some, it was a pretty long shot, some wind blowing. But the important thing is like we were out hunting in that stuff to find that deer and the weather's been nice. Um, there's a long story. You'll need to have Robbie on. He's going to go into, maybe he can go into details about, about that deer. And like we had some history. He has a lot of history with that deer. Um, anyways, ended up finding him, but he's been up there, man. So that was day two. And I think if he's in there for nine, he's hunted it. So let's say another seven days and the weather's greatly improved since I left. Well, he hasn't been able to find it in the nice weather. So it's kind of funny that we find it in a, you know, pretty bad snowstorm when a lot of guys, like, dude, we had the mountain to ourselves too. That was the other thing is like, dude, I mean, we really did. Like, that's the other good thing about storms and snow. And man, I've been into some of the most general season areas that are just blown out with guys. And when the weather's really like that, I mean, I've been able to kill some really good bucks in that weather. So just one of those things, I, I think fighting through it. And I know it's hard. Um, sometimes it's hard to say, well, when should I go up? Should I go up? And it's, there's nothing more miserable than sitting up there in the fog and not being able to see. But if a guy has the time and can do it, I think it's super important to be there. Um, how do you, while you're on the mountain itself in the mid, you know, let's say you're just boom, you're, you know, socked in for the day. Do you, are there anything that you're doing specifically to stay productive or, or help yourself be successful? Like, you know, are you still moving? Uh, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, do you just go sit on a glassing point all day and hope it breaks? Do you gather campfire wood? Like what, you know, on, on yeah, those- a great question. Yeah. So for me, man, I'm always trying to think like, I'm always thinking like when I'm on the mountain, like I really, dude, I really try. I'm always trying to be thinking like, maybe it's looking at, I don't know, just thinking about different stuff. Like when you're sitting on the mountain and you have time and you can't really hunt, I think there's plenty of things to do. Like for instance, we wanted to hunt this higher, these higher basins. And when the storm rolled in, we immediately knew, like, so we get up 4.30 in the morning, man. We are up. I mean, Robbie's making coffee, the tents. I mean, fire up the wood stove. And then you're basically, we're sitting in there communicating like, all right, so how should we go about this? Well, you can look outside when you can't see stars and the wind's blowing and it's lightly snowing. It's like, okay, maybe we ought to drop we'll leave camp and drop elevation and hunt down lower and hopefully be under the fog line. So that's kind of what we ended up doing, ended up finding this buck that we're convinced was up higher. So it's just that constant, like trying to evolve and roll with the punches, so to speak. So you, so, you know, a lot of guys, you know, okay, I'm going to go up on the mountain and it's going to, there's a big storm blowing in and, by dang it like we're just gonna tough it out and we're gonna be up yep. there right and they might just which isn't bad right i mean we're we're both yeah agree. for sure we well, both agree it's not bad but it, it could be better if you say hey you know let's maybe leave the tent but let's let's go down a 1500 feet below the fog line and yeah poke, you might be able around. to see 
yeah and like well like that day so we get down below the fog line and we're looking you know we're glassing over a thousand yards at times like we'd lose it you know like fog would come in snow would come in and but we were still being productive you know and that's the whole deal is trying to make the most like production of your hunt like so if you can drop 1500 feet maybe it's 2000 i don't i mean you know it could be 2000 feet or maybe you go and instead like i don't know i know guys i've literally seen them like say they're camped down in a main drainage right off a road i've seen guys sit in their truck all day or sit in their camp all day and like oh it's too foggy to be out and about well man like even going up driving roads and like familiarizing yourself like hey we maybe go over here in glass or maybe go to a spot that you're like hey i I didn't really plan on hunting there, but maybe I can go down there and maybe I can at least learn something. That's the whole thing is just like maximizing all that time. And there is a time to like, sometimes <laughs> it happens to the best of us. You're going to just have to sit and you're going to have to like, I mean, be stuck in a tent. It happens all the time. But if you can, I think there's just, there's just things to do to be productive. I mean, if you know where there's deer and you're not really like after this monster buck, man, maybe after a snowstorm, go still hunt through the trees when that wind's blowing and you can kind of ease down through the trees. Maybe you get on a fresh track. Like there's just so many things to do and a guy can be productive. I don't think there's any sense in like killing yourself during those storms, but man, take advantage of them because it might be the only, it might be the only weather you get and it might really put the odds in your favor. What, uh, specifically regarding gear, how do you, um, and you know, and clothing, clothing we can touch on to me, it's, you know, I don't want to say it's a dead horse or that it's obvious, but it's, you know, you, you add another layer, right? I mean, yeah, no, for sure. But I think, and so that's one nice thing about, I know backpacking when I was backpacking a bunch more and like weight was really like a critical issue. It's really hard to know what to do, you know, cause you're always nervous. Like, man, I don't want to overpack. I don't want to be underprepared, but man, when you're in the snow, one thing that I think is really overlooked, if you're hunting in the snow and I, I, I when I go into this, think about it like i'm looking at it through the lens but most of the time i'm gonna be on my mule so so take this with a grain of salt but if you're backpacking in i and there's a really good chance of a bunch of snow i probably wouldn't recommend solomon hiking shoes i've seen guys do it and man maybe they can do it but man when you're in that snow and your feet are frozen the whole time it is miserable like i'm a big fan of pack boots um they're not the greatest to hike in. In fact, like I have an ankle that I broke when I was younger. And I mean, it's gives me trouble, but like pack boots, keeping your feet warm, dude, it's so critical. Like if, if I'm sitting there glassing and my feet are just ice cubes, I can't be effective, man. I can't, I'm lying to myself. I think I can, but like pack boots, they're a really big thing. Um, the other thing is like puffy layers. Um, I, I made a, a few mistakes like down was so awesome because you can pack it. Well, you know, this dust I'm not and most of your listeners will, but like, it's awesome. You can pack it down to nothing. And there is our new downs that are good, but man, if you get soaked, like in a blizzard, you, it can be so miserable. Like that down, I, man, I had a coat and I loved it. It was a, it was a Kuyu. It was their early, it was the early down, um and i really love that coat and it packed down it was so light but dude i got soaked one time it's miserable man when you're when you're freezing like that and you're cold and that coat's not keeping you warm so like old school down is completely ineffective once it gets oh man and i and i'm i've been super hesitant to even try some of the new um yeah i I know they say it quicks down and some of the stuff that's kind of water repellent or waterproof but one like one thing i know is i've been like that Kafaru Lost Park Park, man, I, I am such a fan of that. I think they really knocked it out of the park like that. And, like, my wife, like, get her one, you know, a few years ago. And, like, she's telling me how much com- more comfortable she is. And, like, and I know, like, I have been just soaked in that thing and still warm. Like, so there's just certain things that a guy, I think, really needs to be thinking about. And, like, good gloves. 
Like they're so important. Um, gators. That's like a super overlooked piece of gear. Um, there's a few good ones from different companies, but man, if you're going to be hunting in eight inches of snow, like you can't be going about it. You have to literally, you have to think in a totally different, I do anyway, I think in a totally different, like I'm using insulated pants, like something I prefer with knee pads, like a seat in the pants. That's not going to soak up a bunch of water. Um, a pant that's not going to like soak up a bunch of snow, like that I can wade in snow. Like you get knee deep snow and it's like, you're no gators. I mean, dude, your boots, it's just, it's one of those things. And I see guys say, Oh, I'm fine. I can do it. Maybe they're tougher than I am, but honestly, they're the guys that I think are going to be hanging out in their tent when they should be out hunting, like just not prepared for it, but it's super hard too. And I get it. When guys are backpacking in, it's like, well, I don't want to bring pack boots if it's not going to, if it's not going to be, you know, six inches of snow and who knows, is it going to snow at this elevation? So I get it, but I would definitely at the least, I would have that kind of stuff in your truck. So at least worst case, say you get 10 inches of snow, you can always walk out, feel light, go grab your stuff and be more prepared and come back and actually make the most out of your hunt instead of sitting in your tent, huddling, freezing to death. Yeah. Another thing, I think this is the greatest invention that there ever has is like these lightweight stoves, man. It, it's a game changer. Um, I wanted to get can, into your, I wanted to get into your tent system specifically. And yeah, so cause it, yeah, it is, man, it, that, it's I like, think, your, yeah, it's your little home away from home. And when weather gets yeah. crappy and you don't have a, a nice home to go to, like, yeah, I think so, man, I've been, it's funny. I, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time, but like I did, I, I, I had this hunt that I went like, so I did 15 days. I come out for two days. And I went back in 15 days. I was hunting this monster buck. Dude, I am like scarred from a pup tent. Like I don't even want to be in one. I hate them. I hate like single man. Like I want to be able to stand up. And a few years ago, a friend of mine, um, I think you've, did you have Steve Sorensen on the podcast? Yeah. Antler, antler buyer. Yep. Yep. So he come he was showing me this, uh, he had this teepee and I'm like, well, this thing's pretty cool. And it was a brand, it wasn't like a Kafaro or it wasn't, I mean, this has been a, it's been a few years, but anyways, it's a really awesome teepee, um, kind of had this dual wall. So I ended up getting one and then now I've just been around them a bunch. And then I used to use like a canvas type teepee even before that, but it was heavy. But nowadays like these lightweight teepees, man. And then when you pair that with like a, uh, let's see. Seek has a stove. Kafaru, that's what I have. I have their stove. Man, when you put that in, you have a hot tent. Game changer. There is nothing, dude. I, I'm not kidding. Like for everybody that hasn't been in one or used one in the late season, it makes such a big difference. I mean, to have that heat in there, to be able to warm up in the morning, like, dude, and it really is like a mental thing for me too. It's like. I don't know if it's just drying my stuff out, being more comfortable, it, but it really does. It makes me think way different. Like you sit in the tent, you're freezing to death, you're soaking wet. It's 15 degrees. The wind's blowing. Dude, it'll take the, take the yeah, wind I, right out of your cell. Literally. Like I, just, rem I remember yeah. some brutal cold hunts like that when all, you know, when we were hardcore backpacking and, you know, sometimes you, this is just how it is, but. Yeah. It's so first of all, it's so mentally draining all day being out, oh, yeah. being out in the cold, the yep. real cold. It's just mentally taxing, right? I mean, it just exhausts you. Yep. Well, then you get back and what are you going to do? Right. And you're like, you said, you're freezing and all yep. you can think about and all that you do is you crawl in and go to sleep. Right. And yep. it's just like, it is, it's such a kick in the, you know what, like so demoralizing, because oh, you just, man. yeah, you can't get away from it really. Like all you can do is go to sleep, you know, to get away yeah. from it. But and then in the morning you wake up and you're frozen. And you're back at it. You got yeah. frozen boots. <laughs> you don't even, and that's the thing. Like, so let's say sunrise is, you know, 740. 
tomorrow. Well, next thing you know, you're sleeping until eight and you miss the best part because you're so miserable. You don't even want to get out of your warm sleeping bag. You can't even stand up in your tent. It's blowing outside. Snow's coming in. You're like, I'm done. Like, and that's why guys come off the hill on day two, day three and make up an excuse. Like, oh, it was crappy. Couldn't see nothing. You know what I mean? And they literally miss the best hunting, like the best hunting they could ever get in October. And they missed it because they weren't prepared. I it's, yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, and the, the kind of the misconception and frankly, I was this naive when we first got that Kefaru teepee and we got the stove in my mind, you know, I was dumb enough to think, Oh man, like, I'm just going to put a big old, you know, stove, <laughs> you know, where this yeah. is going, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to put a big old stove size log in there and I'm just going to, you know, man. maybe I, have to roll over one time in the night and restoke it a little <laughs> bit. And then it's just going to yeah. stick till I won't even, I'm like dumb enough to like pack my, you know, 30 degree sleeping bag instead of my zero or whatever. <laughs> and well, the punchline is those things burn out in about, you know, you can't keep, I don't care how much wood you stay, especially yeah. the one we have, you can't stoke enough wood in there to keep it burning for more than, I don't know, an hour and a half, probably. Yep. Hour. I would sit. That's what I was just going to say is like in an hour, yeah. you need to be <laughs> doesn't matter. Wood in it. Yeah. yeah. And so, but, but the point or the important part to remember is it's that two hours when you get back while you're having supper and you're getting your stuff dried out, you know, you hang your stuff yep. on the top of the teepee and maybe you switch coals out or whatever. Um, and then that, that 30 minutes in the morning, you know, as you're getting up, you wake up an extra 20 minutes, you stoke that thing up and then, you know, kind of roll over, you know, go back to sleep for a few minutes and then man, and that thing gets ripping and that, the that huge eight man teepee from Kavaru, that thing, heats up in about four minutes it's like 80 yes. degrees and sunny in there right i mean so yeah but that's all it takes man like that's all you need is that that couple hours in the evening and 30 minutes in the morning and you're just it's a whole new start you know it's like coming home and going back out but dude it's a, it, and honestly and you think about it like i don't like i'm always thinking about this what's the first things that like you get cold like your so your hands use generally um, your toes generally. And it's like, man, if you can come back and dry your gloves, which they are going to get wet. Like if you're out hunting in it, they're going to get wet. Um, your boots probably going to get they're, they're, they're even, even if they're just damp, like in, but if you can just dry that stuff out, you know, and you're sitting there. So what time did it get dark tonight, Dustin? Seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's October. What's today? The 18th. So it's like dark at what? Seven o'clock. So you got a long time to be sitting. At least I do like at night, like I'm going to be sitting there for a while. And it's like, man, if all you're doing is going back, getting inside your bag, trying to dry out, it's just miserable. And the thing is, is I don't know. So Robbie's using, you know, do you remember what your Kafar, your eight man, what it weighs dust in your teepee with the stove? It's like around 13 or 15 pounds, maybe, or something like 13, that. 15. Yeah. So I like can't remember. two guys go in, split it up. Is that with a pole or without a pole? That's with a pole. Yeah. And so like, you know, like Robbie, I was pretty impressed with this. Cut I've never thought about doing something. it with my teepee. Yeah. He cut down a tree. Like he's over there, like, freaking yeah he's something else he hell, hell he actually had a a stick wadded up over in a spot and i'm thinking what is he doing all of a sudden he comes over and he's got this perfect <laughs> center temple so that even saved weight and honestly i think if i wonder it would be interesting i wondered what his eight man and i think he had a seek so i and i was wondering i wonder what that thing weighs without the center pole, but it cannot be a whole lot. And to me, even if you're backpacking in well worth it, like but a couple guys split it up, like it'd be well worth it. And the whole thing is too, if you get stuck, let's say like a blizzard conditions and you're stuck in your tent for six, seven hours, which very easily happen happens all the time, man, what, what better way to spend it sitting around a fire BS. And I mean, you know, you can make some coffee, hot chocolate, be in there, eat, you know, it's yeah. just, it, it, it just makes things go so much better and you will hunt harder well, and the, you just get more out of it. With the pack animals, you know, you're, we're packing in, 
you know, awesome food yeah. and yep. we had, you know, I was, I was too dumb to really pack anything in there, but my brother won this last elk hunt. He had, you know, brought in, uh, oh, what did he have? Little, um, you know, homemade, uh, pre-cooked bacon and yeah, breakfast sammies sure. and we're frying everything up and, you know, we've got cheese and we've got, you know, and like you got this little, we got this stove in there and you're using it as a, as a cook, you know, a heat source yep. and you're frying it up and it's just like, man, this is just, this is awesome. You know, you could stay in here all, all week if you had to, but. Yeah, it makes, um, and that's the thing is like the difference in your attitude, like when you're hunting and you're comfortable, man, I think it's so vitally important. And I don't know, maybe there's guys that are out there way more mentally tough than I am, but I generally don't see it. Like. I just, I think I see a lot of people when it's bad weather, you know, and whether, no matter the state, you can name the state, but I mean, I've been all over and like, we see weather come in and dude, it's just kind of funny how the guys just kind of trickle away and they miss the best parts of hunting, you know? And honestly, I, I don't know. I just, I've always thought about it. It's kind of interesting because like me, dude, I hate the snow. Like, that's the funny thing is I keep asking my wife. I'm like, why do we live here? Like, I hate the snow, Me too. man. When it was snowing all that, dude, I'm out there doing snow angels in, and I'm so excited. <laughs> like I can't like during hunting season, I, I, dude, I pray it snows and blows and it's miserable because it just makes it way better, especially in October. Yeah. Well, what else, what else you got? Uh, and again, you don't have to give specifics, just, you know, maybe I've got two deer tags and an elk tag or whatever. Do you have yeah, elk man. tags? So I think, elk tags? so I, I, yeah, we do have, dude, I have, uh, I have two different elk tags and I haven't even been one. That's so it's sacrilege. Kind of funny. I, yeah. And I never, I never, I doubt if I go, it'll be an accident. Like <laughs> I probably don't even think I'll go. So man, I got, um, well, kind of one hunt I'll talk about is this year i went back to canada and I've, I've hunted canada before it's been a few years and we actually talked in the outfitter um that i went with like kind of talked him into doing uh an archery hunt so me and a buddy went up there um it was kind of fun man we got up there the outfitter wasn't super familiar with so canada it's kind of weird. Like you have to have a guide with you the whole time. Like you can't do anything on your own. You got to have a guide, um, as a non-resident alien. Um, so we're up there and they used to years ago guided, um, archery hunters, but this outfitter we, we booked with didn't do it. And we kind of talked him into it. So we're up there, man. And dude, we found a buck. It was just a giant. Um, I think he's probably, Dude, in the 215s, typical, maybe one of the biggest deer I've, like, it was just unbelievable. And what ended up happening is, is our outfitter got um, blood clot in his leg. The day after we found that deer trying to look for him again, and ended up cutting our hunt short. So we're actually going to go back and do a rifle season there. So that'll mm -hmm. be kind of fun. Um, man, my wife's got some stuff. I got dude, we just, we got so many tags still. It's so crazy. Like I'm trying to think like November, I've got such a mess. I don't even know how I'm going to get any work done. I'm really nervous about that. Just trying to do all the things and yeah, make more time to work. And yeah, it's, it's bad, but pretty excited. Um, should be a good season. Um, like I said, we're about halfway through, uh, just wish, yeah, had a few that kind of didn't turn out the way we wanted. Um, had found some really good bucks and yeah, just kind of had a little bit of a bad run of luck, but that'll happen. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm still optimistic. It's still going to be good. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, you know, it can be a combination of just bad luck or, you know, when you, when you're at the level that you're at and, and I don't mean level like better than someone else. I just mean like you've, I know you well enough to know that you've kind of, you're after a certain type of deer, you know? Yeah, no. And that's and the other thing is like, you know, years ago, I, <laughs> I used to have such a hard time not filling a tag and like, I, I just have to do it. And now, dude, I don't even care anymore. It's so fun. Like I'm just having so much fun going and just trying to hunt these deer and man, like, 
them winning, I expect it going in. Like, I really do. It's just tough. And we've had, had a really good hunt this year. Um, man, I passed some deer probably that I kind of look back at. And I've been, we had this one really good buck we were hunting. And uh, anyways, it ended up getting killed. It was kind of a, a hunter got lucky. But in the meantime, through that, we passed some really good deer. Probably shouldn't have. Um Dude, I ended up having this kind of a crazy thing. I ended up finding this big buck, and it was during season, over 200 incher, and it was on public land, but it was landlocked. I would have had to have jumped a corner, Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it, dude. And I had to sit there and look at this deer, freaking 200 inches in all his glory, freaking sitting over there. I'm on public, he's on public, and I can't legally get to him. It was pretty frustrating um that was really kind of a kick in the that was tough that was really tough um maybe one of the hardest things i've actually had to deal with and like i was so tempted i'm like man i just and i don't know and like we could talk about um the whole that corner hopping thing and the whole mess that is but i i don't know it's just one of those deals man it's just tough and it's really hard when all that happened and i mean i end up getting the game warden involved i'm like y'all i gotta call him i gotta make sure like i'm no i i can't break through anyways ended up finding out i couldn't do it and it was rough that was a real kick in the yeah it was tough that was really mm-hmm. tough that was really hard to stomach um especially after we'd have this uh had this big buck found and um ended up getting killed and it ended up wandering off the mountain we were hunting for some weird reason and going down and watering in the craziest place and ends up getting basically shot out of a freaking truck window dude it's just Mm. how it works man so it was a a giant deer like a freaking a whopper like (laughs) a really super deer so it's been it's kind of a weird season um yeah, had just a couple breaks, didn't go my way. Um, archery season, I was hunting this buck. Dude, I ended up getting, I think, on the second day, I was hunting him like within 50 yards and couldn't get a shot. And he probably would have been in the 190s, ends up losing his velvet early for some weird reason. I, dude, did you, I don't know, Dustin, did you notice any deer losing velvet out your way early? Um, <sighs> Now that you say that, I'm trying to think, man. Um, you know, the only time that I would have been even close to that time frame, I bow hunted early in August in Nevada. And so gotcha. they're obviously all in velvet. And then I, but I muzzleloader hunted in Colorado, but, um, you know, sad part of that story is I don't, I didn't see enough deer to know. Like I, gotcha. it was in some crap unit leftover tag that I'd never been to. And I think I saw. Oh yeah. Good for you to roll the dice on that though. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't, like you said, I don't regret it. And I'm, I'm, how do I put this? Um, I'm acquiring a taste for tag soup and, and I don't mean that I'm okay with it. You know, like I'm not, I mean, I, I hiked more during that hunt and up and down some of the nastiest stuff that I've ever backpacked by myself you know and yep checked off a lot of milestones and boxes and stuff like that but um yeah it was just you know it was the same quality of tag uh same level of tag that i killed the almost you know 190 inch buck on the year before right and so that's what you get right um oh yeah man yeah that's yeah and that's exactly right is like dude it's so tough like that's the thing is like all them days like yeah, dude, I sit and think, like, honestly, it's, dude, it is tough. It's so hard to, like, hunt, especially when you don't have, like, a super tag, you know what I mean? Or, like, some great tag. Like, it's tough. Like, it's it's just tough yeah. to pull it out, have it all come together. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's but, yeah, the, the, yeah. Bu- the buck I saw there, I mean, that would have been, like, you know, whatever their muzzleloader season is down there, September 15th or something like that. Uh he was still velvet. Um, gotcha. You know, but so, yeah, I mean, that's one, that's one case study, but. Um, yeah. And like up here, man, I saw deer actually rubbed out, um, 
by the 15th of August. That's the earliest I've ever seen a deer rubbed out by over 14 days. Mm. And I saw multiple deer. Like it was the strangest thing. And like by September 1st, I was looking at groups of deer that had, it, it was so odd. And then the interesting thing that I've noticed the past, well, earlier this week and I, dude, I'm seeing deer like literally acting ruddy. I have no idea why it's so early for that. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know. If it means that's, like no, that's the next thing. I, yeah. It's the next thing I was going to say with the velvet is I, I've also heard, uh, you know, I haven't seen any myself just mostly by the nature of the tags that I've been hunting, but, um, yeah, early I did, you know, the only reference that I have to that is in Nevada on that bow hunt. Um, again, middle of August, uh, an elk bull chasing ch- like hardcore big bull, six point mature, you know, three thirty, three forty, yep. probably just hammering on you know a herd of eight cows just pestering the crap out of them i mean he so was... and it's so interesting you say that because i was actually I, that was the other thing is usually um first couple weeks in october i usually see elk really still quiet acting really ruddy and man i've seen more bulls bachelored up like lately <laughs> yeah. and I, it's just really surprising because usually i still feel like you know, we got a second estrus cycle of mm-hmm. cows and they're still acting ruddy. And it's just, I don't know, it's been a weird year. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe it was just me. I was just curious, like, if you had noticed or maybe somebody yeah. else will chime in and maybe message me or whatever. I'd love to hear. But like, I don't know, for me, it's just been a weird and like that whole velvet. And then I noticed elk rubbed. I had a bull on trail camera. Man, it was like, I think, was it the 30th of June? was completely rubbed like look like 30th been of hard. june yeah or july july sorry. okay yep yeah. yep july sorry yeah glad you caught that was like and dude looked like he'd been hard horned for a long like i i don't know it, it was just and i noticed that and then like the deer i was seeing i was like man this is so weird i just have never and like that buck i was hunting um Dude, he, I, he rubbed out and man. And the funny thing is, is they turn into a whole different, we go into detail. I think we talked about that, but like they go into a whole different rub their velvet and it's like a whole nother animal. So yeah, it's been really interesting. Hmm. Well, love it, man. It's good. Yeah. Uh, kind of mid mid season update, you know, and, uh, I don't have, I hate to say this, um, I've got a, I've got an Idaho, another, an Idaho tag that I'm not going to, I'm not even going to make it over there. Um, just a, again, just a crap general season one a year, you know, one year, just again, unit I've never even been into, don't know a thing about it, picked it up clear back, you know, December of 2020 back when it's, you know, they're smart enough to get you knowing that it's like, well, if the draw doesn't go right, at least I've got this in my For pocket sure. and I'll do it again next December. Cause you know, <laughs> if, if that Idaho tag sits in my pocket and burns a hole every single hunting season, that's good because that means I've found or picked up, you know, three or four other better tags throughout the year, but I've always got it there in my back pocket. So yeah, dude, no, and it's so nice. It's so nice to have it, dude. Like that's the thing is I've been, I'm so, it's funny. I was complaining about like, my wife, I think, yeah, my wife and I had 12 different mule deer tags and it's like, we have a mess, but there's nothing worse than like, if for whatever reason, things start lining up and you can tag out and then like, you got this free time and you can't go there or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just nice to have them, but yeah. I don't know. So well, it's a fine too. You know, I'm, I could go technically, you know, I could go this weekend, but I'm trying to eat my own dog food, so to speak, and learn my home state, you know, and it's, it's tough for me because it's not, uh, the units or the time of year that I like to be hunting mule deer, um, on a, on a, a Wyoming general type tag. Um, but it's, it's cheaper, it's faster, it's easier, you know, and the potential honestly of me killing a buck in the next, you know, one to five years, a big, big buck 
is better than me chasing my tail on a different, you know, random tag in Idaho, for example, every year. Yeah, you know? man, that's smart because that's the thing is like a guy, I, I don't know, man, I, a guy does really have to, I think you really do have to kind of, you have to make the most out of your time. And that's the thing is, yeah, and I'm, you know, and it's, yeah. just, it's just a Saturday morning here and a full Saturday there at this point. Yep. You know, and, and those are going to stack. I went a couple times last year. I've I've gone once this year. I'll get out again, you know, this weekend. And, you know, then it's just going to start stacking up. And, like, again, I've already gone on my big hunts. And this is just kind of my, you know, the dessert. And I'm just kind of, you know, one, one little bite at a time. I'm just kind of figuring this thing out. Like, okay, like, you know, I went up this day after this storm, and they weren't quite moving yet. Okay. Yep. So, you know, this type of country, maybe they, it takes two big snowstorms and then I'll be back up there, you know, and I'll check it and, oh, okay, yep, this year they, and now they're moving through this canyon, you know, and whatever. So, um, but, but, you know, I just, I, I've preached that before, jumping state to state and not hunting your own backyard. And I, you know, um, finally trying to, uh, you know, practice what I preach a little bit more on that. So I think that's super smart, man. There's so much truth to that. And like, Dude, and I've been caught up in it too. Like, that's the funny thing is I'm like driving clear for, you know, five hours away to go hunting. And like, I could be hunting in my backyard and it's like chasing. I don't know. It's so funny, man. Cause it's a fine line too. And like uh, (laughs) me and my buddy were actually talking about this today is like, sometimes I feel like I'm more effective when I'm a long ways from home. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm out there. I've got to go. Yeah, I'm committed. And sometimes when it's close, it's easy to be like, oh, I better go into work. Oh, my employees are calling about this. Got to go handle that. So it's kind of a, I don't know, it's like a catch-22 thing, but I think it is a fine line. It's funny how that, uh, how that works. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And uh, I was going to, I was going to quiz you. Um, So you, you did pull one of those leftover tags, right? And, uh, (laughs) I hate to be stay specific. I already. Yeah. No, I, Hey, I don't have any problem. Cause that's a, it's an absolute, but yeah, I, I talked about that a little bit. One of those first come first serve tags in Nevada. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, careful what you wish for. Right. Cause it's, it's a first come first serve for a reason. And yeah, even, even the best units in that state, particularly, um, on certain hunts, especially, uh, without doing the scouting, it doesn't yep. mean jack crap, right? Yep. You can give a guy the tag. And, and I, I did find a good buck there to chase for uh, two or three days, and I gave him nice. you know, a few runarounds. But, yeah, I mean, to get those tags, and, yeah, it's just it's what it is. But, um, yeah. But it's just, awesome you rolled the dice, man, because, like, I had one. I could have – I actually – did I get it in my car? I'm pretty sure I got it in my car. I was like – I had to tell myself, I'm like, Travis, what are you doing? Dude, you don't even have time to do any of the things you got. And I'm like, I'm, there goes my points. And I'm like, I better not. But man, sometimes rolling the dice on stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I was, knows, you could have went down there and killed a two thirty. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you never know. Yeah. Well, I was, I mean, I was at least, I, I can say I was probably at some point 50, 50, 40, 50 yards from killing 180 inch buck, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Um, man. So yeah, I don't, I mean, that's the type of that's the type of tag that I will take on a whim and go figure it out and do my best. And, you know, but for sure, cause those tags are so hard to get, but yeah, no. And I found out that all my points go away too. That was the other thing. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, better not. Yeah. <laughs> I only had, I only had a couple. So it was nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, cool. But yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to hit you up and ask you how that went. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it just, that, that was about the summary of it. I spent, you know, I had five days cause I was tagging it onto a work trip that I had to make and oh, right on. Cool. Yeah. You know, so I was, I was kind of already in my home life has changed. You know, I don't know if you've been following, but we picked up these little foster kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. You, yeah. I heard you'd mention that on a podcast. Yeah. That's cool, man. Good for you. Yeah. It is good for me until it's hunting season. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was just time, you know, I had a certain, I, you know, kind of talked with the wife and we both agreed like, and it wasn't her, like, she's not that gal. Like she wasn't nagging or anything like that. Yeah. She would tell me to, you know, if I told her I wanted to stay for a year, she would be happy probably. But, um, it was just, you know, you can just feel it, right. You can just feel like 
you know, oh, that's awesome. when, when you have other people involved in your life that are, especially that aren't adults and stuff. And yep. so I had, I had five days, which is still generous amount of time, but you know, on those type of hunts, like, like I said, I spent two and a half days scouting, you know, because yep. that's just, you know, and scouting where there wasn't any deer. And then I finally moved and found some deer and then I had two and a half or three days technically to, you know, that's just not enough time for the most part on a, you know, a smart buck. So well, and the, I think the cool thing is, too, and the important thing that I think everybody, dude, can't be scared to freaking go, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's awesome. Like, to me, I, it's just super cool. You, like, rolled the dice on that, took it. Oh. And because the, the whole the whole story, I mean, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't listened to that one, I mean, I didn't even, not only did I roll the dice, I didn't even have a bow in my possession when I click. Oh, what? Really? That's yeah. awesome. So, you know, by nature, those tags are inside of 14 days. And yep. this one, I think I was at 11 or 10 or something like that. And, um, yeah, I didn't even own a bow, uh, was still waiting on my order from February. And so, Oh, because of all the backup, because of yeah. all the backup. And so I yep. finally, man, I, I found one and got it, uh, found it, bought it overnight it, and set it up, had to leave for my work trip too, which complicated and sped everything up. Oh yeah. You know, by three or, or by, well, let's see, six or seven days anyway. So I'm like setting a bow up. I had three days to set it up, tune it, get the arrows flying and everything. And, and luckily I've, you know, I did that as a, for a job for two or three years. And so I don't, yep. I'm not too worried about that, but, um, anyway, yeah, that just made it even. No, more that's fun. awesome, man. Well, the thing <laughs> is like, I don't know. Just having the, just doing it, I think it's sometimes half the battle too. I think there's so many guys so scared to do anything and to not get to, like, and the thing that kills me is how many guys don't even have a hunt to go on, you know? And I'm like, oh, there's so much opportunity. Oh, and then, you yeah, know, and guys. I don't even want to hear it, you know, from those yeah. guys like, oh, the opportunity, you know, you don't, there's, you know, no good tags around. And yeah, like, there's dude, so much opportunity. If I even yeah. try a little bit, I've got way too many tags, man. Yeah, it's funny how fast it can happen, you know, still. And I mean, as hard as tags are getting or becoming to get, it's like still, though, if you want to go, like, yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's awesome to roll the dice and do stuff like that because, I don't know, it's just one of those things is that's, that's how it all works out. I think like when <laughs> that time you roll the dice and it works out, you figure something out or man, you know, you just never know. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Okay, buddy. Well, I appreciate, appreciate you having me on. Make sure you get Robbie back on here. Um, I want to make sure um, everybody that's listening, you guys can talk to Robbie and ask about um, him swearing at his horse when he got tangled up um he's well, giving me a lot of crap because he keeps telling me i think what is he calling me like that i made it 44 seconds or something he had it time to the freaking <laughs> second dustin <laughs> i swear well that, i swear we're last time i was on and i've been ridiculing him ever since so well that's a good segue horses and mules is a good segue because my bro- <laughs> my brother and I have been going back and forth, and you know it's 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 ironic because we're the llama guys, obviously. But there's yeah. just what I've learned living up in this type of country in this part of the world is there are there's a time for llamas and there's a time for a horse or a mule. Yeah, and dude. You, I think you got to have one if you're a Wyoming resident. I think it's like part of it's the like part of the you, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. technically a resident. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. You know, I finally got a horse. I haven't ridden him yet though, so that's when I'll really nice. get my my colors. But um, no, anyway, he's he's been all blasting social media like, oh, he thinks he needs a mule or something like that. And so <laughs> you know, of course, it's like, well, I've got my horse, you know, Poncho, that's a a horse and so we're we're getting in the oh what's better mules or horses so we'll we'll put robbie on and then maybe have you back on to defend yeah mules. no i'll argue with him yeah we can, <laughs> okay. we can go into yeah <laughs> perfect yeah that, ask him when you have him on say ask him say how many times travis cuss his animals because i don't yeah. remember him cussing them but i remember quite a few expletives coming from a tree that he was wrapped up in by his horse <laughs> oh we've said plenty of swear words at llamas too so it's yeah oh yeah well I think like that's that old dairy farmer mentality. Like, uh, I don't think it's swearing if it has to do with, right. yeah. The Lord understands yeah. for sure. Yep. Yeah. All right, All right, right brother. On, man. Okay. Have a good one. You too. See you, man. Hey everybody. Thank you for listening to the finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, 
make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.